This is Steve Zissou's Beanie, and this is Planet of the Bill Murrays. And this is Julius Pringle. The official mascot of Pringles. Planet of the Bearcats. In the not-too-distant future. Thousand next, or sun, no, next, next Sunday, Sunday AD, <laughs> there was a guy named Joel, not too different from you or me. La la la. You know, the other day I had a, a craving for cornflakes, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find cornflakes everywhere, so I had to get corn checks, which was okay. I mean, they're also made from corn, but it's not cornflakes. It's not the same. I eat cornflakes all the time, dude, and they are. For like a plain old boring ass cereal, they're really good. I don't know. There's like a satisfying something to them. Incidentally, checks were originally introduced by Purina, the cat food company, back in 1985. Whoa. As pet, as pet food? <laughs> no, is is human food. Purina is okay. just like we're gonna make some human food. <laughs> just a little side hustle. <laughs> you know, cereal has been kind of crazy lately because. I don't know if we talked about this on another podcast, but there's been a grape nut shortage. Yeah, no, we didn't talk about that. We just talked about how grape nuts are are sneakily delicious. But tell tell me what you know about the shortage. You know, they I I I don't know a lot about it. I just know that the last few times I've gone to the store to get grape nuts, and there hasn't been any, and it's depressed me because I like I like my grape nuts. You put some bananas in there; they're really good. But I was extremely excited the other day. I uh, went by Walgreens for something else. And they had like a whole shelf full of grape nuts. So I picked up two boxes. I felt like you, I was. You picked up 70 boxes. <laughs> <laughs> you have a whole, you have a whole bunker full of grape nuts now. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, I went a little crazy. I bought like six, two pound things of flour and like, mm-hmm. like 20 bags of beans and like gallons of olive oil. <laughs> like I'm still going through that shit. <laughs> yeah, I went and I bought like a huge amount of pasta because I figured if the food <laughs> supply goes away, we can always eat pasta. And Brahman loves pasta. And even she was like, Dave, that, that's that's a little bit too much pasta. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Dave? A bunch of random Super Bowl related things. So it's technically a Super Bowl podcast. Yeah, this is, but This is a Super Bowl podcast. But it's but like we don't Super really, Bowl. We're not going to talk much about football. It's like Super Bowl potpourri, basically. I, I so, can start off with a few odd Super Bowl facts. If you yeah, like. I want to know some facts. Hit me. The Lombardi Trophy yeah. is uh, made by Tiffany and Company. And the football on top is regulation size. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. So you could rip it off and like like throw the pigskin around? Yeah, except it's made of... <laughs> I don't know what it's made of. It's made of some kind of metal. That's uh, good. That's yeah, it weighs seven more? pounds. It's Super Bowl five. Chuck Howley of the Dallas Cowboys was named uh-huh. MVP, even though the Cowboys lost because he he got two interceptions because he was really sexy. Yeah, I don't know if he was. <laughs> I don't know what he looks like. <laughs> the Super Bowl Shuffle was nominated for a Grammy for best R and B song, which I think really speaks to the fact that the Grammys really didn't understand R and B in the eighties because <laughs> yeah, the song is kidding. god awful. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Pebo Bryson was like, "What the fuck." <laughs> and then uh, my last Super Bowl fact is Brian Cranston one dress, once dressed up as the Shining Twins to show for Doctor or for to, for Mountain Dew in a Super Bowl commercial. Wait, wait, wait! What? There's a lot packed in there. Can you go slower? With that? <laughs> so Brian Cranston dressed up as the Shining Twins to show Mountain Dew for a Super Bowl commercial <laughs> as both of the Shining Twins. Yes, like yeah. it, like like split screen. Yeah. And I wanted to ask about the Super Bowl shuffle. That was the Bears, right? Yeah. 
with Vince McMahon and William it- William the Fridge Perry. Yeah. <laughs> Herschel, was Herschel Walker on that team too? I'm not sure. We'll look up the video and throw it up on the, the website. All right. The podcast. Well, that was good facts. I, I thought that was pretty good. Got a little Brian Cranston. Got a little Vince Lombardi. I want to know why the Chiefs don't get any heat for their name. Like, I get that it's not as offensive as, say, the Cleveland Indians or the Washington Redskins, but I still think that they need to change their name. And I feel like them and the Braves just get like a total free pass in this conversation. I totally agree with you. I don't understand why that's okay when other ones are not. Come on, Chiefs. Um, do the right but thing. The, the, the Redskins, they changed their name to the Washington football team. <laughs> had a, like a record season for their franchise. Why couldn't you just have a name queued up? Really? Is it that hard? Come on. <laughs> Like, just phone it in and be the Senators. Or not. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to be the Senators these days. <laughs> Their mascot Atlanta. could be like Mitch McConnell <laughs> running running with a stiff arm. <laughs> or they could go to the Flashway and become the Washington Bullets. Mm-hmm. Or not the Flash, that- the Clash. The Washington Bullets. <laughs> they There were the Washington Bullets, right? Wasn't that the NBA team and they changed their name? Really? I think they were NBA. They they changed it into the Wizards because it was too controversial. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of in bad taste <laughs> in a lot of like the homicide capital. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> name their team after the weapon of choice. So I looked up where the where the name Buccaneer came from. This could be just internet bullshit. So basically, there was there were pirates who were like like not affiliated with any government, right? And they were just like homies that were going to go in and like raid. And then you had privateers, you know, paramilitary organization that had government support but were just like a bunch of a bunch of dudes that were going to raid on behalf of Britain or France. And then you had originally buccaneers which were like this this third camp that were, you know, maybe native americans or escaped slaves and the name Buccaneer apparently is French. It means like it refers to a type of grill. They were just named. These dudes were named. They were like cool because they were just like barbecuing. They were just like grilling out. I, I was reading about the movie Treasure Island, which we mm-hmm. actually watched about six months ago. Yeah. But our whole idea of how pirates looked and sounded comes from that movie. And it doesn't really have any basis. In fact, hmm. like the whole pirate accent is not real. So what do you know about what is what is fact about pirates? Uh, they wore eye patches not because they were missing eyes. They wore them for raids. So oh, they would right. have an eye patch over one eye. So when they went below decks of an enemy ship, they could lift it up and they wouldn't be blind because mm-hmm. of the change of lighting. Mm-hmm. Did they really have um, planks that they made people walk? They did not. They didn't have the patience for planks. If they were going to kill you, they would just like cut your head off or shoot you in the face. <laughs> How accurate is the movie Hook? <laughs> break it down dave hollywood um, fact versus fiction <laughs> well i mean they they did an interview with the real life ca- captain i'm just kidding um <laughs> pirate captains were elected though they were uh it was oh. actually a surprisingly demographic d- democratic they were elected and a lot of pirates had retirement plans so if they lived <laughs> long enough they could go uh live off a pension that's funny <laughs> And uh, in 1715, there was a, a shipwreck of the Plate Fleet, which had a bunch of silver on board. Mm-hmm. And 10 ships crashed off the Florida coast and uh, resulted in essentially all the governments in the areas hiring pirates to go fight each other to steal as much of the treasure as possible. Nice throwdown, kind of like the rapper rocker fight. 
<laughs> the rapper rocker fight of the six the eighteenth century. Exactly. <laughs> so in honor of bowls, I put together a top ten list of all time bowls. Are you ready? Coming in at coming in at number ten, the Dust Bowl. <laughs> for, ob- <laughs> for obvious reasons, that was a pretty terrible time for everybody involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it gave us Grapes of Wrath, which is a great, great book. There we go. Uh, I remember I'm... reading that for the first time and like being blown away because mm-hmm. it was really like progressive for a book from the with the 30s. But the book ends with one of the the characters. She they find a guy who's dying, and she whips out her boob and breastfeeds him to keep him alive, which is both weird and like really touching at the same time. Mm-hmm. But when I first read it, I didn't quite know what to think about that. Coming in number nine. I actually put the Super Bowl at number nine because I don't really like, I'm not a huge football fan, but it's super. So it is. I figured it, I'd put it in there. Um, it, br- it brings people together. You know, up until recently, I always appreciated football as being something I could enjoy with my relatives that was non-political. And then, of course, that changed a few years back and everything kind of went in the shitter. But, but you um, know what? It's still yeah. a time to get together and eat chicken wings and watch the Puppy Bowl Speaking of chicken wings, we're running out of chicken wings. During the Super Bowl, Americans eat more than a billion wings, and there just aren't the supply can't keep up with demand. So we're running out of chicken wings. Damn, chickens are the real losers here. What are they? What are they from? I think they're they're from chickens. They're not actually made from buffalo, which is what I used to think. Are they from like genetically engineered tiny chickens? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) We probably don't corn it terrible like that. Cornish game hens. Like they put formaldehyde in them so their wings don't grow or something? I don't know. Probably something fucked up like that. Number eight, Tibetan bowl music because it's relaxing. There was another uh, bad bad Super Bowl ad, and I can't remember what it was for. But I think it was for some sort of restaurant discount. Mm-hmm. And uh, they spent the whole ad making it sound like they were talking about like free Tibet from Chinese roll, rule. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up being like, this is how you get discounts on Tibetan food. Damn, that's really inappropriate. Like, <laughs> I, a formative member, memory was the free Tibet concert that the Beastie Boys put on. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I do. The 90s? And I remember the, the seminal free Tibet bumper stickers that were everywhere in the 90s. Tibet never got freed. So what's your favorite Beastie Boys album? And why is it Paul's Boutique? <sighs> <laughs> this, is, this, is a really, this would be a really tough... Uh... Okay, off the cuff. I, I like Ill Communication coming in at number one. Number okay. two, number two, Paul's Boutique. Number three, Check Your Head. Number four, Hello Nasty. Number five, To the Five Burrows. <laughs> <laughs> number six, Licensed to... I don't even... I don't really like Licensed to Ill. That's actually a pretty good list. I would put Paul's Boutique at the front. But other than that, I think I would agree. Agree. Uh, Licensed to Ill just reeks too much of like high school pep rallies. Number seven, bowl cuts. Who had the best bowl cut? Like ever? Yeah. Like what's the seminal bowl cut? Uh, Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. Okay. I'm going to go with Mo from the Three Stooges. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or me from 1987. <laughs> number six, colanders, because they're just, des- they're bowls that are designed not to work. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, shout out to all my stoners out there smoking a bowl. If you went to high school in California, you you were always on the bus somewhere and there'd be some kid in the back named like Trevor smoking a bowl. And it would be uh, like the, the skunkiest, <laughs> nastiest smelling weed that you've ever uh, smelled. Number four, clam chowder bread bowl. 
That could have also ranked number one, but I put it at number four. You know what? It depends on where you're getting it from. If you're getting it from like Panera, it's definitely a number four thing. But if you're in San Francisco and you're getting it, yeah. getting it there, then it's it's higher. Houdines. Or if you're actually in New England, <laughs> then, <laughs> then it can be very good. Number three, NBA center and social activist Manute Bowl, seven foot seven, one of the tallest uh, basketball players ever. That's a good uh, one. He he did a lot for his fellow countrymen in Sudan after he retired. Shout out to Manute Bowl, RIP. Abigail's reading a book about uh, Sudan called The Long Walk to Water in, in school to this this year. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool that you're reading about Sudan. Because that's, that's cool. Extremely messed up place. Although it feels like things are headed in the right direction, maybe. I sure Ish. hope so. <laughs> Did you read What is the What by Dave Eggers? That was a great book, but that also very book. depressing. Taking it back up a notch. Number two. Coming in second place, cereal in a bowl. Everyone's favorite. Load those grape nuts up in that big-ass bowl. Just go to I town. love cereal. <laughs> and number one, surprise entry in the top spot, the sport of bowling. <laughs> Shout out to the Big Lebowski. Oh, that's a great, such a great movie. <laughs> I'll like put that on his background sometimes. I think my favorite part is when he goes to the doctor and the doctor like gives him a prostate exam and the next scene <laughs> he's super happy in the car listening to Ooh. looking out my back door <laughs> i do have a, a super fact for yeah. superman did you know that superman because i was really trying to think of things that you know were tangentially related to super bowl so i thought oh superman mm-hmm. superman once encountered a piece of pink kryptonite mm-hmm. and instead of killing him it made him gay wait are you serious <laughs> I'm serious. And you knew he was gay because he was like complimenting Jimmy Olsen's tie in the curtains. What year was this? It was like in the 60s. That's terrible. Nicolas Cage was once slated to play Superman in a film directed by Tim Burton. And he got paid $20 million even though the film was never made. Speaking of Nick, Nick Cage, he once bought an octopus to help him with his acting and did mushrooms with his cat. Hold on. Wait, I want to unpack that statement. Yeah. I don't know if it happened in that order or what. <laughs> that was just him being Nicolas Cage. <laughs> You know what we got to do for one of these episodes is, is watch the Nick Cage Nick Cage version of Wicker Man. I'm down with that. I think that would be a lot of laughs. We can do an MST, MST3K version of that. Doing commentary on a commentary show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like ultra meta nerd level status. <laughs> so thank you for joining us on the Super Bowl shorts. I'm Steve Z. Susbini. And I'm Julius Pringle. And we'll be back later this week with an episode about the Gold Rush. This has been Planet of the Tom Brady's.